a lot of the times like we think we only deserve this much or we only have this much or you know this much can't happen because we limit our own possibilities and we do that from our own perspectives i mean right now if, if you're a person and you're like oh man i could never make a million dollars in one year like limiting belief people do it all the time in fact i think in the u.s there's three and a half thousand millionaires made per day like it happens all the time and the fact that you think that can't happen is a limiting belief right someone that's like like yourself like a wedding photographer it's like man i don't have any time limiting belief a president of the united states has time has kids has yeah. like can run a whole country can can be a ceo of a business can like be building you know houses and, and buildings and running a whole country they have time it's limiting belief to think that that can't happen for you so the second that you think like it can't be done or you just need all you need to do is just change it instead of going like i can't be done i don't have time don't have money to like Hey, I don't value that as much as this, so I'm going to prioritize my time over here. Hey, I don't have the money yet, but I'm going to find the money. Hey, I don't know how to mm. do that, but I'm going to work that out. Hey, yeah. I don't make that much money, but I know that I can or, or you know, I know I deserve it. And so you're sort of like changing the way that you speak and the way that you like receive opportunities, I guess. Welcome back to episode 32 of the podcast. I am super, super fired up about this one because this week we have our second ever guest on the podcast and that guest is Jai Long. Jai is a creative entrepreneur, wedding photographer, educator, and fellow Melbourneian. And I am super, super excited that we were able to have him on. It's a really, really valuable episode. We covered a massive range of topics that I know for a fact will be valuable for you guys. So I am super, super excited about this one. Just before I get into it though, I just wanted to give some love to you guys because we've gotten a bunch of new reviews on the podcast and I am super, super excited about all the messages and the reviews and everything that we're getting. It, uh, it fires me up. It fires me up, man. I'm actually really, really fired up by the fact that you guys are enjoying the episodes you guys are listening every single week the podcast is growing it's something i'm passionate about it's something i really enjoy so i just want to say a quick thank you to each and every one of you who are listening to the podcast leaving reviews sending me dms and uh all other forms of liaising back and forth with me I just wanted to read out one of the reviews because if you take the time to not only listen to the podcast and leave a review, I feel like it's only fitting that I give you guys the opportunity to have your reviews or have your name shared on the podcast. So this one's from Joey Jojo 15 and they shared... I found Tom on Instagram at the start of 2020 and not only have I been blown away by his images, I've been blown away by his attitude for life. For someone so young to have such a knowledgeable outlook on life is honestly refreshing to see. While some of his chats are content creator based, real life, Tom delves into issues and ideas that face us all every day real life. (laughs) I'm genuinely enjoying the podcast and I love Tom's authenticity throughout. Might need to add a slight language warning, but at least you know his passion shines through when he speaks. Keep at it, Tom. So huge thank you to everyone that has left a review recently, everyone who sent me a DM or everyone who's been listening routinely to the podcast every single week. You guys are the real MVPs. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your week. It really does mean the world. If you have enjoyed the podcast at all, if you found any value in it, or if at any point you feel like it's just left you with a bit more of a smile on your face than when you started, I would really appreciate it and would help me out more than you can imagine if you could leave a review. 
With that out of the way, let's dive into this week's episode, which I promise will be valuable for each and every one of you if you pay attention. So please let me introduce to the show, Jai Long. All right, and we are recording, mate. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. I'll tell you what. So, like I was saying just before we before we started, you out of everyone in this industry that I've met personally, make me the most nervous to talk to. I don't know what it is about your energy, but something about the way you the way you do things is just a I have to be quite honest, a step above what I see from a lot of people in this industry. It's just a thing about artists is you know that classic laid-back style of an artist. It, it it doesn't seem to be the way with you. When I'm working with corporate clients, for example, mm. it's it's a it's an intimidation factor that you sort of have to walk into the room like you have to walk into the room almost like you own the place. That's what I'm feeling like at the moment with this podcast, which <laughs> is is a compliment. It is. I swear to you, it's a compliment because totally you are someone that carries an energy with you that is uh not super present and not always present with artists. I just want to because I don't know how many of my audience members will know who you are. So for anyone who doesn't know who Jai Long is or who doesn't know what Free the Bird Weddings is or doesn't know your story, uh, fill them in. Just give them a little bit of a, a backstory, an elevator pitch of, of who you are. Yeah, man. Um, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. It's the first time anyone's ever said they've been nervous to talk to me. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, I guess like... Well, for myself, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a creative entrepreneur, and I have lots of different businesses. I'm a wedding photographer, I'm an educator, I'm a business coach. Um, I love art, but I love business, and I combine the two, and I think it's a really, really important thing to do, like to be creative in business and make it really fun. And because I'm able to do that, I'm able to teach a lot of people how to like dominate themselves, like dominate um, business because, you know, start thinking more like an artist instead of a business owner. And I think that's really important. So that's kind of my mission right now to empower people doing that. And yeah, man, I, I don't know, like elevator pitch. Don't know. That's about you. That, no, look, me. that was one of the <laughs> that was one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on, and something that I would love to talk about as well. Because I don't know how many episodes you've listened to to my podcast, but one of the things that I talk about a lot is carrying a little bit more of a business mindset into your creativity. I think one of the things that I admire a lot about your work is that you have, as I've said in many episodes and as my audience will be familiar with, you have a relentless mentality when it comes to your work, both creativity-wise and business-wise. And I think that's something that's very admirable coming from someone who is very traditionally an artist. I think it does Mm. come from your... So I don't know... Yeah, again, I don't know how much of my backstory you know, but I came from a world of personal training before this and a lot of the lessons that I learned as far as business were carried from personal training and from that sort of you know, having to, having to grind essentially. And you came from a trades background, which I think is probably where you got a lot of that from. Why, where does that come from? Where does that sort of relentless mindset come from with you? Man, um, it comes from my childhood, to be honest. Like, so like, if you don't know my full story, um, I grew up homeless. And so my first, you know, seven years of my life, we used to travel around moving into different places, women's refuges. Uh, we we're on a government house waiting list for seven years. And so we didn't live anywhere until, you know, until I was 11 years old, we got a, a first house and I really did get really street smart. So I learned that I had to, 
I guess like changed my own life because no one was doing anything for me and I had to take control of everything and um, I was always the underdog. I've always been relentless. So from the get-go, I went to school for a few years. I finished school when I was about 15, 16. I moved out of home. Um, I got my first job. I started my first business when I was 20 um, and I've just been hard at it ever since and, and it's just my life, man. Like it's, I think... For myself, like, I don't want to be average. I, w- I want more for my life. I want to, I know that I can do more and I can push more. And um, and sometimes it takes, like, big action to not be average because obviously if you're taking average results, I mean, average actions, you're going to have average results. And, and for me, you know, a lot of people say, like, oh, one day I want to be a millionaire or something, but they don't actually do anything towards it. And so for me, it's, like, very calculated. It's like, if I want to be a millionaire, I can be a millionaire. Um, it's very easy, but I have to be relentless towards the mission that I want to go towards. Yeah, it, it's an interesting thing. It's almost like you have to you have to behave as if you have to achieve what you want. Like there's that idea that you can't make a million dollars unless you treat your business as if it already has a million dollars, unless you're totally. getting yourself in the position where you're hiring people. I want to go back a little bit more into your backstory because, again, yeah. I don't know how much people know. What was your first business at 20? How did you get into everything? What was your experience, you know, as far back as your first job and and all that sort of stuff? How did you get into You want to hear my first now? job? I want to hear your first job. Go for it. First job, man. Like um I just moved out of home and uh and I got to the age where I was I could uh, I was getting I was getting Centrelink. I was I was getting government payments from my um from the government and I decided mm. to give that to my mum. Um, cause I had four brothers and sisters and I wanted to, I wanted to go get a job and everyone told me I was in a small town, like you can't get a job. There's no opportunities, no apprenticeships. If you don't, if you're uneducated, you won't get anything. And I just went to the phone booth and I was just ringing every business, every tradesman, anywhere, anything just to find something. And I heard along mm. the grapevine that there was a construction site in town. And as soon as I heard that, like I already knew that I had the job. So I rang up my mum. Asked her if I could borrow the car. She said yes. So I rode my bike over there. I was 16 years old. I didn't have a license. And um, I was yeah. like, mom, I need the car, right? And she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, I've got a job actually. Um, <laughs> so she didn't care. You know, she gave me the car. We, I drove into town. I had a little bit of money and I bought myself some work boots and a uniform. And the next day I drove up onto this job site at 6 a.m. where all the tradies were showing up. And I walked up and I knocked on the door and um, off the off the like side office and I literally just said, I'm here to start my job today. Like I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I got my uniform, yeah. I got my boots and he gave me my first job and it was a, a game changer for me. Um, from there, I heard that someone was looking for an apprentice electrician and as soon as I heard that, I quit my job. I went around there, asked him if I could work for, for free for a week, for two weeks, for two months. Like I don't care. Like I, I need this opportunity. Um, he gave me an apprenticeship. And then I finished that when I was 20 years old. And at this stage, my dad was drug, uh, using a lot of drugs and he was in a rehab center and he was really struggling. And I realized like, I didn't understand business. I didn't, I didn't have an education. I didn't understand anything, right? But I was like, how do I get my dad a job so he's got purpose? So then he's out of that situation. And um, mm. I realized he's unemployable. So who in their right mind is going to hire him? And I realized I had to be the employer to be able to create those opportunities. So... I had an opportunity that came up, um, jumped on it to start a cafe. It was a really big deal. I sold my car. Um, mm. I got all my savings together that I worked for for the last like five years and I put it all into this cafe. And so my dad, he was really good at uh, cooking. So he was going to be the chef and he ended up dying of a drug overdose about two weeks before we opened the doors. 
And so from the get go, yeah, from the get go, it was like a really hard push, I guess. And um, it took 12 months for us to go bankrupt and it finally happened. And so I was 21 and I was bankrupt and then I was ready to start all over again. And yeah, man. So that's that's a, that's the start of the hustle. That's a big, even, even just a cafe in general at 20 years old, that's a big, big business It was a big cafe, man. Yeah, you yeah. could sit like 350 people at this thing. We had so many, you know, staff, chefs, baristas. Like we had the whole thing. It was massive. <laughs> that's wild. Yes. Yeah, so like, because that's, you know, you usually hear people are starting clothing brands, starting little things that require very little overhead at 20 years old. That's a very big, yeah. <laughs> shows a lot of ambition at 20 years old. So how did you get from, so talk me through going from that at 21 years old and finishing that and and coming out of your first business or your first real failure and getting to where you are now and getting to doing what you do today yeah man so um i remember the the day that you know we went bankrupt we closed the cafe and me and my partner were living inside the cafe to save money and then a friend of ours gave us a car and then we drove out to the headland at the beach and i remember the next morning i was watching the sunrise and we're living in the car, right? Mm. And I was like, fuck, we're homeless again. Um, and I just felt so amazing. I was like, this is, if this is the rock bottom of my life, like it's not that bad. And I, I guess that like sparked the ambition up again. And I think on Monday, I, I had a new job. I went up and started working in the mines. Um, so mm. in Queensland, then I went and worked in the mines in Western Australia. And I did that for a little while. And then I jumped on and just started working as an electrician, worked my way up. And then one day I just realized, man, I'm making so much money right now and money is just not bringing me any happiness. Um, Money's not bringing me happiness. And Mm. I I guess like I busted that belief. And then so I decided that I was going to quit my job and become um, a photographer. So I came home that afternoon. Mm. I rang up my boss straight away. I came home that afternoon, told my now wife and I was like, hey, babe, um, I quit my job. I'm going to be a photographer. And she's like, well, you don't even know how to do photography. I was like, it doesn't matter though. Um, like, mm. I, you know, and so I went for it. I, did, I sold my car again um, and we just invested everything into this business again. And within, I had big goals. Like I was like, mm. you know, the first one or two years, I want to be one of the best wedding photographers in the world. I want to have a workshop. I want to be sponsored. I want to be international and I want to be published. That was my first two year goal. Uh, within yeah. 24 months, I did all those things. I don't know if I was the best, but I I was, um, I got rangefinder, um, top 30 in the world by New York magazine rangefinder. I got runner up for Australian photographer of the year, capture mag. I sold out a workshop. Um, what else did I do? I shot 11 weddings overseas and I was publishing all the magazines, all the blogs. So it was incredible. It was like really fast, but it was because I'm relentless, man. I just don't give up. Like yeah. I'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. It, it shows that you have, cause yeah, it is back to this idea. And did you have any creative, bone before when you were younger were you into drawing painting that sort of thing like because I, I feel like there's always that that thing you can look back on and be like oh, okay this makes sense like my mm. story like of course I deviated away from creativity for a long part of my late teens and early 20s but uh, it makes sense to come back full circle did you have that level of creativity that kind of you know makes things make sense you're like oh okay yeah I'm supposed to be doing this yeah, man. My whole life, like um, art was my only subject that I loved. I was really good at it. I was good drawer, painter. Uh, I played guitar, I played every instrument. Um, mm. Yeah. So like creativity was the core of everything. My grandfather's like a fam- famous artist and my mum is an artist and 
Um, my great grandfather is a photographer, so it runs like the art thing runs in the family. And the reason why I'm good at business is because I think like an artist. So yeah. I don't think like you know how I get stuck on analytics and things like that. I think like how can I creatively solve a problem and create something that doesn't exist right now. So I think it's very creative. Well, let's let's talk about that for a little bit because I wanted to. I actually wanted to bring that up a little bit later, but. I, I genuinely do, like I said before, I think that coming from a background that isn't purely creativity, coming from a background that isn't traditional uh, art, you, you're a tradesman. If you're an electrician, if I'm not getting that wrong. Yeah, so it's, right. coming from that background gives you almost a an edge when it comes to thinking like a businessman, but then coming into it with a creative mindset is puts you a step above or at least that's you know my opinion in this industry is you need a little bit of both to do that it, it, what's your mindset when it comes to business and what do you see other creators getting wrong as far as maybe their mindset towards business or their mindset towards money or just their mindset towards you know accomplishing their goals because you ha- seem to have this ability to set something have a goal and get it done Whereas a lot of people might set a goal and then never act on it or never quite get to that point. It's a loaded question because there's so many different answers <laughs> for so many different things. Like, I mean, one thing is like, how big is your vision? Like, if you want to get something done, how big is your vision? Is it worth moving forward through the pain to like conquer that vision? Or do you want to stay where you are? So, I mean, that's one thing. Um, mindset, yeah. of course, mindset is the biggest thing. Absolutely, man. Because... The way that I see, I don't see his business and creativity and being an electrician and being a photographer like different at all. Like yeah. my mind is like, it's all the same thing. When I had a cafe, I ran at the same, same clients. Like I created beautiful meals for people to enjoy and as a customer experience and they paid me money and, you know, I created art. And when I was an electrician, I'd do the same thing. I'd design out all the lighting, how the lighting would all work, mixed lighting like with um, window light and stuff like that. And I'd get so creative with it. Let's do some wall lights. Let's do some up lights, you know. Uh, let's mm. highlight things. And I was so creative. And then people would pay me for the experience. And I felt like it was a very creative thing. When I'm a photographer, it's the same thing. Let's go over to the field, take some photos, you know. So, yeah, I see it all as the same thing. But I think one one of the things um, that people hold themselves back is they they get scared. They they think it's harder than it is. Like they get scared with with thinking about business, right? It's like, oh, I don't have an MBA. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do that. You're supposed to have graphs. You're supposed to, I feel bad. I don't know about money. I don't know how to do this. Um, And when you don't know how to do it, you don't want to be called out on it. And then you just hide away and you never learn it instead of addressing Mm -hmm. it. And I think if you give yourself permission to just go, man, like we all don't know everything. You don't need to know anything. Like you have the power to, to learn all this stuff right now and do it your way. However that is, however creative you are. Yeah, I, I find that I find that fascinating, especially with because I, I I've spoken about this before. It's almost like a it's almost like a naivety that you have to have. You almost have to have an ignorance about you to kind of ignore the fact that you don't know anything yet. The fact that you it's going to be difficult. The fact that you may get called out for not knowing what you're doing. You may get put into an uncomfortable position. I think uh, I was having this conversation with a friend recently where. Uh, yeah, he, he was sort of overblowing what it would mean for him to start a, a business around educating because he's a musician and he wants to start a business around educating people online. And he was just massively overblowing what it actually means to do that thing rather than just throwing himself in the deep end and getting after it. Mm-hmm. Do you think there is 
any benefit to actually, you know, considering things before you diving in or, or just diving in? Men always dive in. Like, why think yeah. about things? Like, too many people read too many books, listen to too many podcasts, like mm. all that stuff, and no one's doing anything. So, you get too hung up yeah. on the small details and it's going to make it more complicated, harder for you, opposed to just going like, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to do this and then take one step and then the next step will just come out in front of you and then the next step and then you can start moving. It's the most important thing because otherwise you won't do it. You'll compare, you'll compete, you will, you will doubt, you'll have self-doubt, like, you know, there's so much that comes up with it. For myself, for instance, yeah. um, for every business that I started, when I said I want to be one of the best wedding photographers, um, people will say, who is the best? And I'll say, I don't know. I don't follow any wedding photographers. I don't care. I'm just trying to do what I want yeah. to do. I want to be the best. Like right now, I put a thing out there saying, I want to be one of the most prolific business coaches for wedding photographers in the world. And someone asks me again, who's the biggest one now? Who are you trying to overtake? I'm not trying to overtake no anyone. I have got no idea who is an educator. All I know is what I'm doing and I don't know how to do it. I just take one step, another step, another step. And when I look back, I'm like, man, I've walked pretty far. Like it's, it seems yeah. to be working. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bizarre how it just ends up snowballing. Like if I think back to anything that I've done or any of the, the things that I've started over the last four years of doing this after I switched from personal training, it is all just a case of, yeah, I probably took the wrong step. Yeah, I probably, you know, did things in a way that wasn't, the best way or wasn't the most you know directed way but after making that step you suddenly have a door opening up for something else with this podcast it was just about throwing myself in the deep end and then being like okay how can i make this more educational or more informative or even just more entertaining it's like right now i'm i'm mm. finally getting into the world of uh wanting to do courses and it's been something that i've wanted to do for a very very long time and always just procrastinated on the idea of what is the content actually going to be? What am I actually going to use? How am I going to structure this in a way that's going to work for my audience? And at the end of the day, the point that I got to where I just threw myself in the deep end and started working on it was just, I'm just going to record an hour of me editing these particular photos and that's going to be my course content. And now a month later, I'm almost finished with the course. I've shot all the marketing material. The course is full of content that I'm extremely proud of and it's all just because I, you know, yeah, completely ignored what needed to be done as far as planning and scripting and organizing and just threw myself in the deep end. And I think that's something that people just overblow what it means to do the things that you need to do. They worry so much about, you know, I don't have a business plan. I don't have an ABN. I don't have everything set out and organized. I don't have my accountant. I don't have all these things that, yeah, you need to do and you will need to do eventually. But for now, it's just about, you know, throw yourself in and get after it. Yeah, man. I think, um, you, like you said, you make so many wrong mistakes. I think the the worst mistake you could ever make is not making one because if you don't make a mistake, I mean, if you don't make a step, nothing's going to yeah. ever happen. <laughs> Let's talk about that. What's one of your biggest your biggest mistakes in, in this industry, whether it be wedding or, or courses? Was there ever a moment that you're like, okay, this is something that I uh something that you really learn from, a really pivotal learning moment? Man, I, I wouldn't say I've made any mistakes to be honest. And I would say I've learned a lot from things that like I could have done differently. And I I'd should say- rephrase yeah, I should definitely rephrase that to be uh, what have been your biggest learning moments? Because of course, if it's yeah. if it's something you learn from, it's not really a mistake. Yeah, I'd say when I went bankrupt, it was like a big learning. That was an MBA. That was like okay, now I need to learn how. Like I need to learn business. Like that was a big wake up call. Um, yeah. 
other than that, man, like I like stuff fails all the time. Stuff is successful mm. all the time. I make a lot of money. I lose a lot of money, and I'm not hung up on it. I just like it's one of those things where I know I have like. Just, just say like if I got like a fifty five percent success rate, so half of my stuff, mm. just over half of my stuff, is successful. Then I'm like, well, I got got to keep hitting then because, you know, I'm not going to be dwelling on the forty five percent of the stuff that doesn't work out, which a lot of people don't see, and sometimes they do see, and and then, you know, like I publicly do fail in front of people, but I'm willing to look like an idiot. That's another thing where most people are yeah. not because most people say. I don't want to put myself on a podcast because I might look like an idiot. I might slip up. People, I'm an imposter. People will know I don't know what I'm talking about. People won't understand or, you know, there's so much. And it all comes back Mm. to like, we're not willing to put ourselves out there to look like an idiot. And what I want to say Mm. right now is like, you need to be willing to do that because you putting yourself on the line so far that you're willing to do things that other people wouldn't do is going to push you and give you success that other people don't get because you're doing something, you know, so much bigger so much different i guess yeah you're stressing yourself to the point that you're going to learn you're you're putting yourself in a position where yeah it's 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 learn or or you're going to be really uncomfortable <laughs> whereas most think. people are yes we must think it's like it, the alternative is to sit in place and hope that the opportunity comes to you which is just you know that's never going to happen so what got you into teaching courses i'm fascinated by that transition because obviously it makes sense for you i think that once you got to the point where you had accomplished those goals that you had in the wedding business but what made you pull the trigger what inspires you to because it really seems like you have an ambition for for helping people i think that's Mm. something that is you know this industry is booming right now of course courses and online sales and digital products and all that sort of stuff that's that's a booming industry right now but i think that you quite clearly have something in you that drives you to help people otherwise you wouldn't be you know you wouldn't be on this podcast with me right now you wouldn't be doing all the free content that you do there is obviously something there that you know what is that for you that you get out of this why did you decide to transition because i'm sure you were probably very comfortable shooting weddings and making a lot of money man like it never comes down to money i don't care about any kind of paycheck any money um i'll do this stuff for free all the time like it, it really doesn't like the reason why I'm helping people is not to do with money at all to be honest I have to put a gateway to charge people so they're serious to shop for their business definitely because um, I'm not going to waste my time um, but it all came down to like my workshop sold out uh, I, I would sell out a workshop in the last five years and then I would start another workshop the week after and I would sell that one out and then one the week after and I would sell that one out and I'd have all these sold out workshops but People are always like, can you come to New York and teach a workshop? Can you come to LA? Can you come to um, London or something? And I simply just couldn't. And the thing was, a two-day in-person workshop, I couldn't dig in and actually change someone's life. And I knew I needed more time. So now that I do like a 12-month coaching program, where it's a, it's a course, but also it's coaching, um, so yeah. it's very hands-on from me. It means I can actually coach people through, be in their corner, be their biggest supporter, show them the roadmap, mm. the framework, how to do it, and actually see those results. And that is, man, that is a game changer. There is nothing. There's no money that can give you the same satisfaction as actually seeing people change in their lives. Like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's. 
I mean, it's something that I, I don't think I've connected with just yet. I, I do occasionally do sort of one-on-one editing sessions and that sort of stuff for people, but it is all, always the most enjoyable thing for me to do. Even though it's draining, even though it's exhausting, even though you finish those sessions with people and, and it is so much energy for you, it it's always the most satif- satisfying moment to, to finish one of those sessions and be like, I feel like I've genuinely made a difference or feel like I've genuinely helped someone. I wanted to talk about that because we, we mentioned that as far as the time thing. I think that's something that we differ on and I would love for us to go back and forth on that is that one of the things I've heard you say quite a bit on your podcast and quite a bit on Instagram is the idea that you always have time. You've always got enough time. You've always got more time. I'm someone who is would consider myself as someone who's fiercely defensive of my time. I'm definitely someone who has learnt to say no more than I say yes and I think that that's something that we differ on but not in a bad way because I, I'm quite confident that you're equally if not more busy than I am but you're saying yes to things that I would probably say no to and I want to I want to understand where that mentality come from of always I always have time man of course I've all, I do have always have time otherwise I wouldn't be on something like this you know yeah um, of course it it, it comes down to how much like we value different time. So I also make sure that like I'm not putting time into things that doesn't doesn't serve me in some kind of way, some kind of capacity. Of course. But I also don't do things like my own emails or something like that that's going to take a lot of time where I don't actually get paid something as well. So I think mm. with time, like the more that we like the more time the more money that you make, the more that you want to buy time because you want to hire employees. You want to uh, sign up to a course, learn a faster way, learn a faster roadmap to the success or whatever it is. And then you can have more time. So I think like people that like are stingy on time or say like, I don't have time that like if I was a friend, for instance, and you said like, nah, man, I'm too busy. I don't have time. It's not a fact yeah. that you don't have time. You have time. You literally have time. Yeah. It's just that you don't value spending that time with them as much as you value going home and doing some work. Does that make sense? So yeah. you've got to remember, like if my mum rings me and says like, hey, Jai, I've got to, I want to ring you. And if I say, I don't have time, I'm saying, mum, I don't value our time together as much as me getting on a podcast right now. That's what I'm saying. So I need to make sure it's like, no, I've always got time. And if I need to, I can outsource things. I can buy people's time. I, can, I could have 10,000 employees if I wanted to, which means I get 10,000 minutes in one minute. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you can just keep yeah. duplicating that time to make sure that you do have time. So I think- yeah. Like it's also comes down to a lot of times um, we think like, like I noticed that you said before, it's like, why are you doing courses besides the money thing? And I can see you're thinking about money, right? And then, and mm. you're also talking about time. So you're very conscious of like, oh, okay, time, money, um, what am I going to get paid for? But for me, I don't think about money, which means I don't care about the time so much because I think about impact and value mm. because I'm like, man, I can do something for free. Like I don't care because I'll you know, with the impact that I make, with the time that I'm using is going to work out somewhere else along the lines. Like I'm never thinking I shouldn't be working for someone for free for 10 hours or or 40 hours or spending, you know, 100 hours on something, you know, because I'm like, how much impact can I make for those people over there that in turn is going to flourish my business or help, you know, whatever it is. Um, So you think about things like very differently when you come from that mentality, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a... It's an interesting thing to to hear that difference because I think my my mindset towards that has 
yeah, I almost have that that mentality of it's a limited resource and I need to to use it wisely. And I think that that can become quite admittedly, it can become quite overwhelming sometimes where you you feel like you, you need to be using this resource to the best of its ability. It's been something that I think only recently I've started to to come to terms with that that idea of, you know, you can buy back that time and it's about how 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 much do you value the time that you're using like i've i've only really recently got into the world of of you know hiring someone to do a lot of my editing when it comes to my commercial work uh, working with other people as much as i can asking for help <laughs> flat out when when it needs to be done but i think yeah quite admittedly i'm i probably differ in that regard just because i i'm probably closer to that that scarcity side of this time is is valuable and yeah, that can be that can be overwhelming, and I know for a fact that that's something that's overwhelming for for a lot of people, especially in the. You can know, I can I ask business. you a quick question? Go for it. Do, do you do you um, edit your own podcast? I edit my own podcast. I know. I know. How, how, I how much time stop. is that worth to you? You know, saying no I to know. your mum that you can't get onto a call or something, and then going like, "Hey, guess what? I'm paying myself nine bucks an hour because I won't outsource my editing of my podcast, yeah. or my videos, or my photos, or my emails, or my schedule, or I won't get like a flight. I'll get a train, or I won't get an Uber. I'll walk, or like whatever it is, you know. So yeah, I, I think it's like it changes the game because man, like. If you've got tons of money, if you were a billionaire, why wouldn't you buy a jet so you don't have to sit in line with other people, you know, because time is the most expensive thing. You will pay so much more for it. So, yeah, like I, I would say like time, if you start valuing like that, you'll start looking around going like, what am I doing my own emails for? Because how much money is that making you? Or what else yeah. could you be spending that time on? And that's why I've always got time because I'm like, man, you want to catch up and have a coffee? Yeah, I've got time for that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a it's it is a mentality shift that I think I'm in the process of making. I don't think it's something that I've I've fully gotten. It would there take yet. a long, it would um, take a long time. Yeah, because I, I I heard you say that in one of your posts recently about that. Um, what was it? It was the it was the money thing. It was like you know if I if I'm in this place right now and I want to get to this place, but these things are in my way. Say for example, let's take this for example the squadcast or my podcast editor you know that's something that on paper i would look at and be like mm, can i really afford that but in your mindset and, and from the post that i've seen it's a mentality of where are you looking to take this you know where is this going to be in the future that's the perspective you need to have on on this whole thing i say this i'm i'm fully comfortable admitting that this is not something i'm i've come to terms with yet yeah, 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 of course. I mean, dude, the thing is of self-development, like um, like me, even just all the things that you're saying and talking about like over the course of this, I can hear where your limits are, how you could push through. I mean, that's what I do as a business coach. I literally listen and I can hear like your mindset, where you're blocking yourself, why you won't hit somewhere until you work on something. And it's important to know it because once you know it, then you can work on it, you know? So yeah. that, I mean, that's massive, like big kudos to you, bro. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's that's one lesson that I'll probably take away from this. I think I'm going to call my my editor that does my commercial stuff straight after this and go, "Hey, do you want to edit my podcast?" No, it, it is it is something that I think yeah, not many people not many people wrap their head around early on. I wanted to talk mm. as well as you mentioned it, limiting beliefs because it is something I think 
stops quite a few people and it is something that i think i i spoke about this last week it's like the the fear of failure thing it is the it is the fear of looking stupid mm-hmm. what is your advice for someone who feels like they're they're you know not necessarily even aware of the things that are stopping them how do you how how can you encourage someone what would be your advice to someone who feels like they're limited but they don't know what they're limited by what is you know they're, in business they're, or in well there's a few different um, telltales. Like if someone's talking and then they get triggered by something, um, something that they see on social media or something like that, and it challenges their belief, then they know that they're limited thinking. So it's a limited belief. It's like, oh man, okay. So I don't believe in that. Instead of actually opening up the conversation going like, oh, good perspective. That's totally different to mine. Let me open up now and think about how that could work for me sort of thing. So like a limiting mm. belief is like a lot of the times like we think we – we only deserve this much or we only have this much or, um, you know, this much can't happen because we limit our own possibilities and we do that from our own perspectives. So it is important mm. to like understand like, I mean, right now, if, if you're a person and you're like, oh man, I could never make a million dollars in one year, like limiting belief, people do it all the time. In fact, I think mm. in the US, there's three and a half thousand millionaires made per day. Like it happens all mm. the time. And the fact that you think that can't happen is a limiting belief, right? Um, mm. someone that's like like yourself, like a wedding photographer, it's like, man, I don't have any time. Limiting belief. A president of the United States has time, has kids, has yeah. like can run a whole country, can can be a CEO of a business, can like be building you know houses and and buildings and running a whole country. They have time, you know. So mm. if you're yeah. like, oh no, but I got I got a kid or something, or you know, someone that's like, oh man, I could never do that because I've gotten a mortgage, man. Like how many people have, I've got three mortgages, you know, I've got millions of dollars worth of debt, like, and I still put myself out there. It's limiting belief to think that that can't happen for you. So the second that you think like it can't be done or you just need, all you need to do is just change it instead of going like, I can't be done. I don't have time, don't have money to like, hey, I don't value that as much as this. So I'm going to prioritize my time over here. Hey, I don't have the money yet, but I'm going to find the money. Hey, I don't know how to mm. do that, but I'm going to work that out. Hey, yeah. I don't make that much money, but I know that I can or, or you know, I know I deserve it. And so you're sort of like changing the way that you speak and the way that you like receive opportunities, I guess. Is that is that an aversion to risk? Is that kind of your your mindset to be more comfortable to take on on risk? Because there is an element of that, obviously, you've... Dude, dude, you know, what, you, your, your what's cafe, risk though? Like, like think yeah. about it. Most people think a risk is if you don't have a job that has security, that has um, insurance, that, you know, like that kind of stuff. And they're like, that's unrisky. To me, that's Mm. the most risky thing you could ever do. Something like COVID hits. If you had a safe job that was on wages and you worked in a restaurant, you're out of business, you know. And someone that's like that people will see me as risky. Like, I can't believe you're putting money into this. I can't believe you're doing that. I'm like, man, I am so like the... The you opposite, say the opposite. To, to risk, like so the opposite because it, risk is not even on my radar because right now it's like I can just buy more time, make more money. I can, I can do so many things to make sure that I'm not in a situation where I get in trouble, where if you are relying on someone else to be good at business or someone else for marketing or advertising or someone else to cut your paycheck each week, man, I tell you what, that's, that's way more risky. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's a... <laughs> That is, I mean, yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense, and it is something I think we're all aware of, or I am at least aware of. I think it's uh, it's just one of those situations where it is 
until it isn't. It, it's it's your mindset. It's it's your way of thinking that you need to be you know strong and and safe with your money, and you need to be considered and you need to be reserved until you aren't. And I, you know, it is something that I think again, it's something that I think I've definitely become better at. I've definitely become better at, but it is something that I think you it is until it isn't <laughs> is is something that i've i've learned a lot it's, something is hard something is risky something is is too difficult or something is is uncomfortable until it it no longer is i guess the way that i work out if something's risky or not is i just ask myself like in 10 years time will i regret this decision will i regret not making this decision and not doing it would i I hate telling my grandkids that I did, you know, what if I could have, I, I should have, like what I hate doing yeah. that. And if I'm thinking of something, man, I'm like, I'm early thirties. I'm not old. If I'm like, oh, I, I can chuck a hundred thousand dollars into a new company and make something happen. And if it doesn't work out and it's just like flops, man, who cares? I'll make another hundred thousand yeah. in a couple of months. I'll make it next year. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. I'll make, I'll make probably another hundred of not a hundred like a hundred thousand i'll probably make another like 10 20 30 of them by the time i'm 40 anyway like does it actually yeah. matter <laughs> yeah and that that's kind of that that in, ignorant ambition that i think you kind of have to have in business it's the disregard of of the risk but also the the ability to just have this blind confidence in your own ability to do that which is something i definitely see in you it's this it's this confidence that no matter what happens, you're going to work it out. Even if shit hits the fan, even if everything goes to zero, you're going to be able to work it out. And I think that that's something that in personal development in general, that's that's the goal or one of the, the key goals is the ability to sort of, you know, no matter what happens, I'm going to work it out. Are you much, are you interested in personal development, that sort of space at all? Is that something that you actually, do you read much in personal development or or stoicism or any of those genres? Man, per- personal development is where it's at. Like I read two hours of books every single day. I'm always working on my own mindset. I'm always devouring podcasts, like doing everything, man. Like you have to do that kind of stuff. If you want to like level up, change your thinking, change the opportunities you have, the doors to open, like you have to be, you have to change you yourself as a person. Like, absolutely. I love oh, that dude, stuff. It's, <laughs> it's, it's game changing. I can't recommend it to people enough. I've only really just gotten into, I was definitely one of those people that the only book I'd ever read before uh, about 18 rings. months ago was, <laughs> no, it was, um, what was it called? I don't know if you read it back because did you go to school in, in Melbourne? No, it was one of the prime. Okay, so there was one of the the primary school reading lists. It was like a, about a country town in Victoria or something like that. But yeah, it was the only book I'd read. And honestly, in the last eighteen months alone, from just diving headfirst and becoming obsessed with reading in personal development and in relationships and in stoicism, it's just been absolutely game changing, and I cannot recommend it enough. Do you have a uh, a top five reading list you can give? Because my we usually at the start of this podcast when I'm doing solos have a, a segment which is kind of book club which covers the books that I've read for that week and I'm sure my my listeners would love to hear your reading list if you've got some yeah I always find it so hard because I, I read so many different so random, many random books hey so um, always thinking about like a book that could help people right now yeah. a lot of the books that I read as well are like very old and backwards so this is one book there's a book called Think and Grow Rich and I think that one is a really good book for people to read 
the problem is with it, it's 120 years old and it is very backwards. Like it's very racist, very sexist, and it's hard to listen to. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure there's a new version now. I listened to the old version and like I was listening to audiobook and I was like cringing out the whole time. Like, man, but the content's good. Like obviously the content's good. Um, I love a lot of those type of type of books where, uh, what's another, like I like just the, the classic cliche, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad one. Yeah. Um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's an old one as well. Yeah, that's another old one. Like a lot of those ones are like very old and what I like about They're hard to read. (laughs) Yeah, they're hard to read. But what I like about them is um, it is timeless information. Like it's not like, oh, Facebook ads and this and this. It's just like, okay, this is like the actual core of what we're doing. And then from there, it's easy to go out. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, Stephen Covey, those guys that their books are 30, 40, 50 years old. It shows that they're quite clearly lasted the test of time it's not Absolutely. something like you know it's not something that was written yesterday that in a year from now you know right now it's it's hot shit but a year from now it's going to be you know outdated or seem stupid yeah there, so, there is uh, a lot of books like that yeah so I'm, I'm exactly the same what are you reading right now is there anything you're reading at the moment this week um, today yeah. let me open up my list i, I um i've been on audiobooks all week because i'm it's been devouring stuff. Audible's Audible's changed my life. I started, I don't know if you do this, but I started, and purely out of curiosity, I started listening to my audiobooks at two times speed and it has been game changing. I, I expected it to be the kind of thing where I wouldn't be able to take in the information, but it has changed everything completely. Mm, I'm reading a book right now. It's not very good though. It's called Gap Selling. <laughs> so it was just yeah. like a, um, it's just like basically a concept on selling but the thing is the guy that wrote it is not his concept it's a very old concept so um sometimes i kind of don't like when i read something and it's like not a new idea or it's not like an exciting idea i'm like dude it's not theirs you're kind of just packaging up someone else's stuff here um yeah which i find yeah I, i feel like that is one of those so it's not the greatest book but i'm getting some nuggets out of it absolutely Awesome, mate. Well, I want to I wanna make this specific because I know for a fact there's a lot of, not necessarily wedding photographers, but I think that there are a lot of freelancers in my audience and they would really appreciate some specific advice. So if you were to start, let's say tomorrow and you were coming from no portfolio, no experience, no nothing, how would you go about doing that? What would be your top five piece of advice for someone wanting to start fresh? Five pieces of advice. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's kind of hard, I reckon. So, <laughs> I mean, n- number one is like your network. Like, who do you know? Mm. Um, I would be reaching out to different people, shaking hands, making phone calls. I do that right now, DMing. Um, however, you can get in front of the right people that is going to help you get to wherever you want to go. That's going to be number one. Number two, Mm. like add value everywhere. Never make it about price. Never make it about money. Never dollar and dime. Never try and chase money. Never try and hold money. Never try and save money. Um, Mm. Always be investing. Always be moving around and creating as much value as possible. Um, Number three, I would be... um, I would probably be on my laptop furiously um, starting some... I don't know what I'm starting here. Am I just starting a company? Am I a wedding photographer? If I'm starting, let's say, a- let's say you're a, let's say you're a, uh, I, 
let's say wedding photographer because I think that is applicable to a okay, lot so if of I, freelance filmmakers, freelance photographers. If, if I was a wedding photographer right now, the first thing I'd be doing is jumping on, building a website. I'd be going down, hiring a camera, hiring a lens. I'll be organizing a few friends to go take some photos at the registry. I'd probably even stand outside the registry and shoot five weddings in one day for free, put them all on my website. I would be writing to Hello May magazine together journal. I'd be introducing myself to the editors. I'd be organizing... Um, I'd be looking around to see who's got big followings and then I'll see if I can bring them value. I'd be contacting them, asking if I can take photos of their, if they've got any shoots coming up, if, if they've got any installations and they want some extra photos. I'd be going around handshaking to every single venue. I'll be creating a wedding album from the free shoot that I did and I'll be taking those around to venues as well, asking if I can put them there. I would, um, I, I'd say probably take about 10 weeks and I would have a year worth of workbook, to be honest. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, it, the list just goes on like the, the thing is like yeah. starting a wedding photography business has got to be one of the easiest things that I've ever done in my life um, yeah I think because like once you know a roadmap once you have the framework and this is why I teach you know in my in my course a six figure business map is because I'm literally teaching you a map if you want to know how to make money and if you mm. want to like fast track your business like I know how to do it I've done it I've done it lots <laughs> of times um, yeah, yeah so I'm passionate about it, man. That, I mean, that's the stuff that I love to do and love to show, you know, it shows, how easy it, shows, it is. It shows, man. Like, it shows that you you quite clearly enjoy this and you quite clearly are passionate about this, which I think is so important. Like, there are so many people clutching. Like I said, it is a booming industry. There's quite a lot of people clutching at these sort of things. You see a million and one Facebook ads. I think I've seen yours a fair few times. I think the first time I saw your Facebook ads would have been 12 or so months ago and it, it was you talking about, I think, maybe the first launch of your course 12 Probably. months ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see them all the time and you see so many people doing this sort of thing. But it's 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 rare to see, or not necessarily rare, I'm sure there's plenty of people that probably just don't have the best marketing material that makes them seem a little bit less than genuine. But you just seem like you really do care. And it shows. Like you wouldn't have a podcast if you didn't care. You wouldn't be inviting some of your, like one of the things I really admire is I think one of your recent episodes, someone emailed you saying that they booked a certain amount of work for two months or so. And you're just like, come on the podcast. I want to hear about it. Let's talk about it. That's something mm-hmm. that is shows that you care about this, shows that you enjoy this. And, and I really, really admire that. Yeah, man. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. No, 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 of course. <laughs> I just want to I, I want to finish up because I want to talk about this because I genuinely do think it is valuable. It is obviously a higher ticket item, but what is the business map? What is that for people listening that are considering finding someone to help them out? Because I think what you're eight months, how many months away till your next launch? Um, in January. So in January, so not too far two, away. Two and a half months, yeah. Yeah. So what what is that for someone who is interested in having a big 2021? I'm sure everyone's Man, <laughs> thinking of having a big 2021. <laughs> so I, I launched the six-figure business map. I've been working on it for a long time and I launched it a few months ago. Um, we've got 150 people in there right now. So I have to limit the amount of people that go in because it's there's about like 80 videos that shows you exactly how to price, how to sell, how to market. Like So it takes all the guesswork out plus... Uh, I do masterminds every two weeks. So um, I get everybody together. Any questions that they have, I walk them through, talk them through exactly what they need to like boost up their business and where they're at right now. So the way that I look at it, like I have a business coach myself, right? And, you know, if, you, if you're if you thinking like, oh, I don't need a coach, I already make, you know, 50,000. Like the thing is you can make 10 times that. I know that because I make 10 times that out of wedding photography. Um, 
the thing is like, you got to think of like one of the best boxers, right? Like Mike Tyson, he still has a coach in his corner and it's, Mike Tyson might be a better fighter than him, but like the coach is going to get him through the fight. It's going to see him what like the mistakes that he's making and all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, it's invaluable to have someone in your corner. It's like the, literally the best money that you could ever spend is in the, this course. Like I 100% believe that. And everyone in that course 100% believes that. Um, you have to and, believe that, man. Dude, like if someone signs up and they don't make their money back, like I will happily hand them back their money, like print it. I'll go to mm. the ATM, hand it straight back because I am relentless and I will make sure I get them those results. That's the thing. Like, if you think I've got energy now talking about this, man, wait till you see me <laughs> getting into your business. Like, it's yeah, seriously a game changer. Yeah. Like, I can I can boost your business so much with so many small little tweaks. You don't need to know anything about business. You don't need to be passionate about it. But I'll be bringing the energy and I'll bring the passion. So, yeah, yeah I love it. No, it's awesome, man. It's awesome, man. I really admire it. Just to finish off, because a lot of my listeners are from Melbourne. You're from Melbourne. I'm yeah, from man. Melbourne. Yep. What's the first thing you're doing after 11.59 p.m. tonight? Because for context, guys, we're recording this on the 27th. So the day after Dan has announced that we're uh, almost free. <laughs> Man, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. I was talking to my wife before and I was like, I'm pretty sure I need to get mm. on the phone and book in three massages, two dinners, five drinks at three different bars, like um, go around and see like four friends. Yeah, it feels like that right now. Um to yeah. be honest though, like I'm, I'm launching a summit right now and we are in the thick of like a lot of stuff. Like we got, busy. We got stuff going on, man. It's, it's fun. I never say I want to, I'm never busy, but like um, we're making big impact. A lot of people, a lot of yeah. stuff, a lot of moving parts. And um, because of that, like I probably won't be leaving the house for like another month, I'd say. <laughs> That's all right. Well, at the end of that, you can uh, head out and have a, uh, a pint of beer somewhere I can't, or I something. I can't wait. Something else. <laughs> Well, anyway, man, thank you so much for coming on. I I really do appreciate it. I I have admired you for a very long time. And like I said at the start of this episode, first time I've sort of felt starstruck coming into a podcast, (laughs) which is very interesting. So it's been been awesome to properly meet you. um, And thank you so much for coming on. I'm sure this will be an incredibly valuable episode for anyone. Once again, if you've got anywhere or anything you want to share to my audience or anything you want to share to the episode, go for it and, and we can finish up from here. Um, hey, come over to my podcast, Make Your Break. Um, tons of stuff on there, tons of energy, lots of tips, lots of big name speakers, all the rest of it. Come over um, and have a listen, Make Your Break. And I just want to say like a big thank you to your listeners, man, because they took the time to listen to me ramble on, getting all passionate about all this kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I honestly like, you know, I absolutely want to say big thank you to you having me on the show. Big thank you to them listening to me and stuff like means a lot, man. Send them a love to everyone. Thank you. Mm-hmm.